With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, another day that I get to talk basketball and NBA draft prospects with you. What What is there to complain about? It, it's another glorious day. How are we doing? This one's going to be a very big one, Metcalf. I know uh, we've got two prospects we're going to talk about today that I feel like are going to be very popular names throughout the whole year. And I'm really proud of everyone who's listening to us in the preseason, you know, in the off season, yeah. we got some degenerates and we're very proud of our audience. So how are you doing Metcalf? How, how's the week going so far? Uh, well, was woken up at like 3am by my dog dry heaving and vomiting in her crate. So that was a great way to uh, start it off. And then she proceeded to go outside and find a pile of poop to roll around in. So um, got to give her two baths today. Nice. After, being woken up before the sun so that was fun yeah. um also went and just got got the marriage certificate and the the marriage license so just another day closer where we're, we're, we're almost there very that was stuff. a heck of a transfer by the way i mean two, two, two very different levels of emotion just to be clear like one, <laughs> i was gonna say choose your down, next word I was going to say, please choose your words wisely. We might have some ears listening that were... No, no, no. Mrs. Metcalf, the future Mrs. Metcalf, um, please don't don't hate your fiancé. No, the the marriage license and certificate, you know, turn the day around. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the uh, vomiting and, you know, rolling around in your own feces is always a good way to start the morning. Just the best. It's like... Have I had coffee yet? No. Breakfast? Why bother? Just dogs out there rolling around to poop. Just yeah. The best. I mean, I does that make the coffee better, or does it even matter at that point? It doesn't matter. No, it's I don't think like, it does. Oh, that's how today's gonna go. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I I had a quick side note with with the pup uh, Murphy. I didn't tell you this yet. He uh, one night we're because we're crate training him, and one night he got. Uh, very curious with the chewing of the wires mm. and got his uh, mouth stuck and just let out like a horror pitch. And I had to jump off and like, basically he was trying to like get out by opening wider. And I was like, no. And then I, I got him out, but uh, I joked with my fiance. I was like, yeah, that's, that is uh stronger than any coffee I will ever have in my <laughs> life. So I, I completely get what you mean about like, no, the coffee doesn't matter at that point. <laughs> Well, besides catastrophes with puppies, um, I, I am really excited for this episode because we do have two of the more exciting prospects in this draft class in Scoot Henderson and Cam Whitmore. Uh, Scoot obviously has been 
a big name for a while yes. now, and Cam has steadily risen up boards and garnered more attention, especially after his pretty dominant FIBA U18 America tournament uh, showing back in June. So we'll get to Cam, but I want to start out with Scoot Henderson, who mm-hmm. is, you know, the kind of the bell of the ball, or at least one of them in this draft class. So I, obviously we saw a good amount of Scoot last year um, when we were watching the G League Ignite. He's 6'2", 195 point guard or 195-pound point guard. Um, He played with the G League Ignite last year as a 17-year-old. He skipped his senior year of high school and went straight to the G League. And now he's going to be an 18-year-old. And kind of, I'm assuming, he's going to take that G League by storm yet again. So obviously we got a taste of him last year, but I I don't know about you. But for me, it was more, he was just kind of in the periphery while I was watching Hardy and Bochamp and Daniels and Foster. So now that we actually really focused in on what he did during those games, what were your kind of big, big picture takeaways? Yeah. I mean, this, this episode is going to be great. Um, Not trying to hammer the puppy talk too much, but you know, these are a couple of dogs. Okay. That's, that's it. That's all I got. Um, Yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta get the dad jokes out early so we can actually get serious move forward. But, but the thing is being serious, you know, we've talked about Victor. Everyone's going to hear about Victor Wimanyama as you know, the, the hyped prospect, you know, the generational hate that the generational prospect. Um, and Scoot Henderson's hearing that Scoot's going to be hearing that the whole year. And he's been hearing it since last year. And, there's a lot of people that like Scoot a lot. And um, I'm right there with you, Metcalf, when you, when I was watching last year, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, of course I'm noticing this 17 year old that has this. Yeah. And it's very hard not to, that's uh, very athletic. I'm very excited to talk to you about him, but I was watching those guys for last year's class. And it's funny going back now and rewatching and kind of getting a feel for it, but you know, focusing on Scoot, um, I was very pleased. Very, very pleased. I thought I was going to be, I feel like I was more impressed than I was expecting or hoping. So um, you've been, I mean, you even texted me. I think you just texted me and was like, Scoot's fucking good. So I'm really <laughs> excited for this episode. So hit me with it. Let's let's let you vent out the seriousness first. Yes, I'm Obviously, it's obscenely early in this whole process, but he's pretty easily number one for me right now. Okay. Um, I I understand what Victor could be. Um, I, I love Victor and the, you know, what he is currently and the potential of what he could grow into. Um, Scoot it was 17 years old and he looked dominant against pros. Um, he should have been in high school and he was dominating a lot of those G League games. He... And even when he was playing poorly, he still looked like he belonged. He still looked like he was supposed to be there. It never looked out of sorts with him. And something we talked about last year a lot was that there's a really big learning curve for a lot of these guys going from high school ball to playing against grown men and pros and guys who are trying to make an actual NBA roster and, you know, put food on the table for their families. And there's this learning curve. And it didn't really seem like that with with uh, Scoot, like he just jumped in the deep end and started swimming. Um, 
Obviously, there were struggles. He wasn't perfect because, yes, he's a 17-year-old prospect. But he his understanding of the game, his athleticism, his strength, his first step, um, all of it was it, – it already looked NBA-ready. His understanding of where every single player on the floor on both – both teams where they were, it was second nature to him. It was like he's been studying the game for years and not just out there playing. Obviously, he has these raw physical attributes that very few people in the world have, but the mental aspects of the game, the understanding of the game, of where the ball needs to be, where he needs to be, where you know that defensive rotation needs to be, where the extra pass is, where the weak side defender is rotating to when he drives baseline and who – what does that mean for who's going to be open on the perimeter? All of it was there. And he's 17 years old playing in a professional league and the understanding, the ability, the upside, all of it is there. So I think it's for me, he's already this incredibly impactful and at times dominant professional. And he's just 18 and he, there's still so much more for him to grow into where he's already this high level contributing player and he's just scratching the surface of what he still could be. Yeah, I, I think you're you're painting the perfect picture right there. I mean, I, I went into the film dive expecting, you know, Scoot's going to get a lot of Westbrook comparisons, which yeah. they're going to be – people are going to, like, jump and be like, oh, that's lazy. And it's like, no, it's not, because that's the type of players they, mm-hmm. that they are. Like, that is Scoot's – specialty too it's the transition blur with athleticism and he you know an in and out dribble and another gear and he's throwing down a tomahawk slam like that's just kind of who scoot is and that's what gets you really excited about him but it is unbelievable watching and i feel like every time you know every five plays i'm like remember how young he is remember how young you know i just keep telling myself like you have to remember what he's doing He's doing this to G League guys at this age. And, and, you know, I don't want to hammer the Scoot versus Victor debate too much, but, like, we're going to be probably talking about them a lot throughout the entire year. And Victor was going up in the EuroLeague against really, really tough competition around the same kind of age bracket that, you know, Scoot is. Scoot's going up against the G League. I'm not saying the G League's better than the EuroLeague. Let's calm down. But... What Scoot was able to do in the G League at that age is just as, you know, impressive. Like, it it is unbelievable how good he looks sometimes. And I think this is what I want. My biggest takeaway from him was not how, like, good he looked when he was, you know, everything was clicking and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when he made mistakes, and um, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, when he looked bad, he looked like he's 17. You know, I was like, yeah, obviously, he's 17. Um, but his mistakes, like, impressed me because it was like, that's that's a beautiful read. He was just, the timing's off. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're talking about the rotation stuff. He made a couple drives, and um, there was one. He had a, a really strong jar- drive to the basket against Stockton the Stockton Kings and he went up and threw a wraparound pass. But um, guy on Stockton was literally playing it. Perfect. He was right in the middle. And I was like, I think a lot of young point guards would have thrown that ball in the corner. And he just waited and threw like an on the dime wrap pass right on the wing. And I was like, that is such an impressive play from a 17 year old to the G league. Like, 
I, I just, a lot of stuff really impressed me. Like even when he was making mistakes, I was like, that's the right read. That's a really good read. You know, and I, I think there's a lot of really good tools. I think he plays the game mature. Yeah. And that's what really, really impresses me. Um, and that's why I'm so excited for this episode with you, because I think there's a lot of good talking points about Scoot, especially with how the NBA is. And it seems like every year there's an, an elite point guard prospect and people are like, is it worth it to go after an elite point guard at these days? Or is it just kind of, you know, you, you have this idea of like, we can always find one. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if you could find the elite one, jump all over it. And, and Scoot really does look like it. Yeah, that, that that's where the whole, you know, positional value kind of comes into play. And it's like, yeah, you can get by with, you know, a league average point guard, but you have to have, you know, an elite point forward or, you know, this versatile son. You have to have Jokic, you have to have LeBron, you have right. to have Luka, you have to have a superstar somewhere else who's dominating the ball handling and playmaking and scoring. And if you can already get that guy at point guard, cool. Makes the roster a little easier to fill out, at least in my opinion. Um when you talked about the kind of maturity of his game, I think that obviously shows up in the, in the playmaking, which we'll touch on in a second. Um, but I also thought his like interior scoring was super versatile. Obviously he had his first step, I think is Anthony Edwards, Jalen green esque. like his ability to go from zero to a hundred in the split second is astounding. And then he has a strength strength to finish through contact he has the footwork to euro around guys and you know contort his body midair finish with touch finish with an inside scoop layup finish with a big dunk over someone that versatility already in the understanding of how he needs to finish based on whether his defender is on his hip or the rotating guy is coming over and how he can counter their momentum I thought all of that was really impressive especially for someone his age let alone just anyone yeah I um it's it's really funny because I feel like you see a lot of time with these athletic point guards, they want to finish with power all the time. And watching him, I came away impressed at that exact point of like the versatility, the creativity he had around the basket. I was like, well, okay, like you're doing all this already. Like and and that's what I'm talking about. Like the mistakes he made impressed me is he'd be driving and try to get like an across the lane, reverse with his right hand, you know where it's, you should come across and go with the left, but he tried to get like a reverse to the right. And I was like, that was a beautiful play. And it's just, he had to take like a half a step more to get the right angle. And it'd be like, he missed the layup just like in and out. But I was like, Oh, that that's a correction of timing. And right. that's just f- from repetition and being young and you're playing quick. So it was like a lot of that stuff. I was like, he's going to get that down. He's got the, you know, he's got the creativity and the, all the footwork and stuff like that down. He's just got to get the timing. And and that is a point guard making that jump into the G league at that age, how far advanced he was at times. I was like, Oh my gosh, it, it, he's going to, in another year, this could be remarkable. The stride yeah. he takes. And that's also why like w- watching him, um, I was like, if scoot has a great year, this year, which I'm expecting and mm-hmm. goes to the NBA and thrives right away. Like this might be another, uh, this might open a doorway for young elite high school prospects to be like, why, why wouldn't I just go my junior year and train in the G league for two years? And the NBA is probably licking their chops. Like, yeah, we'd, we'd love you to come do that instead of, you know, playing. And it's, it's a, 
probably a, a backbreaker to high school basketball, but you know, I, if you're, if the guy's ready for it, why wouldn't they? So it's just really interesting. Um, I'm getting off topic. That's probably an article for a day, but um, no, Metcalf, I, I, I was just blown away um, watching Scoot all over the place. I, I really, really did like his film and, I, uh, you know, I was joking forever of like, okay, Victor's number one for me. And then I watched that and I was like, okay, you make me <laughs> uncomfortable a little bit, but that's going to be a fun debate all year. So the, the power of the athleticism that goes into his at-rim finishing is super impressive, but the, the cerebral aspects of his playmaking are what just really floored me because he understands every inch of the floor and where everyone is. The, yep. Yeah, that that was the exact pass that you were talking about. Yeah, where he's for falling out of bounds. Yeah, sorry. Looks off Get the weak side guy, one hand <laughs> swing pass right on the money. Like his accuracy, the vision, uh, the creativity, the touch on his passes. It's it's shocking. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's easy when you're that young to be a young point guard that. You're the you're the big deal coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to Jaden Hardy when he was on that team, but everyone was you you were paying attention to Scoot. Even even when we were talking about we were evaluating those guys for last year's class, like you were paying attention to Scoot Henderson's box scores. You were paying attention when he had a big play and um just watching the playmaking, the feel, the anticipation, like he just that's what I'm talking about, like played so mature for his age. Like you could see there was joy in him creating a mm-hmm. look for his teammate. Like he just had that alley oop to Michael Foster. We showed on tape. If you're listening in your car, just pull over, pull up YouTube, you know, subscribe while you're at it. Be safe. I'm kidding. Um, and he, he's jumping up and down, just like pump off the pass. And I think that's, you know, that's showing that he's going to be a gamer. He's going to be working his butt off to try to send a message this year. And, He's been hearing everyone talk about Victor Wimanyama. Mm-hmm. And if you're a competitive guy, I don't care what anyone says. You're listening and you're like, I'm going to show everyone who's going to be the number one pick. And, you know, Scoot's going to have an opportunity. Like, this G League Ignite team's going to be pretty fun this year. Um, Scoot's ha- going to have an opportunity to really roll out, you know, a heck of a season, which is going to be very exciting to watch, you know, every Ignite game possible. Yeah, and I, I thought what was so impressive about his passing was that he was passing guys open where he yeah. was he knew every advantage. Like when he beat his guy off the bounce in that first step, he knew that he had a five on four advantage and how he would proceed to attack, he knew exactly what that what effect that would have on the, you know, help defenders and their rotation. So he, it's not just, oh, he's just tossing handoffs to deadly three-point shooters it's not just little pocket passes or lobs out of the pick and roll it's really advanced reads and difficult playmaking and legitimate defensive manipulation and you know it feels like once every couple years we talk about you know a point guard or point forward or point wing or whatever coming out of college who can kind of do that at a high level and scoot was doing that at 17 and that it's just i i can't emphasize enough how impressive that is yeah i mean i'm just just going over stats for the whole year for everyone that you know this is compliments of instat but um the whole season he went on average 14.6 points um 4.7 rebounds 3.9 assists 2.2 turnovers shooting splits 45 
19 and 78. We'll get to that 19, I'm sure, in a little bit. But last five games of the year, 16.8 points, um, 5.8 rebounds, 5.4 assists, 0.8 turnovers, shooting splits, 44, 35, 87. Um, and I just, I, I really do think you just saw a young guy continue to get the other areas of his game figured out as the mm-hmm. season went on. And, and this is a guy, I think like in the first, you know, couple games of the year, I think he put up a couple like 30 point games or, or his first game, he had eight points. Second game, he had 31 on 10 of 15. So it didn't take long for Scoot to all of a sudden be like, Hey, let me, sh- let me, uh, okay. It took me one game to get the feel down. <laughs> all of a sudden I have 31 and um, the playmaking really is impressive. Metcalf. Cause it's like you said, like he threw guys open and, um, you just don't see that type of maturity at that young age with that type of jump from high school to the G league. I mean, all last year we're in, you know, they're two different kind of players, but like Jaden Hardy, we talked all year last mm-hmm. year about how he struggled to get the speed down and, and yeah. adjust and how great he was at the end of the year because it was finally slowing down and we saw these strides and it's like, now we're going to see scoot have that whole year whole off season to kind of regroup. And now he's going to be able to show us really what he's been working on. And um, man, I'm just excited. I love all of this. I love talking hoops with you. It, it, this is just feels right again. Well, it, 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 unfortunately it's not all sunshine and rainbows with mm-hmm. this offense there. There is the shooting. So t- tell me, what did you see from a shooting? What did you like? What did you not like? What were you excited about? Did anything encourage you? I really liked his, patience to get to his shot and he understood where his area is um a lot of guys are going to be like well you can only shoot the mid-range and i don't think it was just that i think it was i know where my my strength is and i know where my weakness is and i know what part of my game needs work and the area of his game that needs work is his three-point shot um but i like how he showed that he could create a little wiggle to get to his spots and you know, that's why plenty of people are going to be like, oh, he's Westbrook. He can only shoot from the elbows. And it's like, okay, give me a break. Like, let's calm down. 17-year-olds old, <laughs> that three-point line suddenly gets much, much deeper. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to be paying attention this year to see if mm-hmm. he could take strides there. But um, it, it looks solid to me. Uh, I'm not a shot doctor. I have to throw the disclaimer out as a, as is tradition. What did you think, Metcalf? I mean, was the is the three point shot bothering you, or was are you just kind of penciling it as like a youth thing? Where like, okay, let's see if his body matures a little bit and things are a little bit better this year. Um, do you yeah. get worried if all of a sudden he's not, you know, finishing the year thirty eight percent from three? Um, so I I. I I thought the mid-range jumper looked really nice. I thought mm-hmm. it looked comfortable. It looked effortless. Um, I really liked how that looked. Um, and then I didn't think his form necessarily looked really different from three, which I thought was encouraging, even though the results weren't there. The mechanics still looked pretty sound. Um, so that leads me to at least hoping that it's just adjusting to the distance thing. Cause you know, you, like you said, you you jump from that high school line to pro 
it, it's a big jump. Um, we see guys go through that learning curve from high school to college and college to pro, and he just kind of skipped the middleman there. So do I think he's going to shoot 38% this year? No, absolutely not. Do I think he needs to? No. But if he's well below 30% again, I'm that's when I'm going to start getting a little worried. Um, he kind of has this like little leg kick, leg flare thing uh, as he elevates, which I don't love. But again, hashtag not a shot doctor. So there, there wasn't anything like extremely glaring about his shooting mechanics, though, um, at least in my eyes, where it's like, okay, this guy's going to be a complete negative as a shooter for his entire career. Um, and I don't think he, he obviously doesn't need to be Steph Curry. He doesn't need to be Reggie Miller from three. He just needs to be league average. And then that will open up so many driving lanes and that creation and scoring from um, the mid range and at the rim. If he doesn't, then that's where I think the Russell Westbrook comparisons kind of start becoming a little more legitimate. And I get that a little more. Um, I, I still think Scoot does some things that, Westbrook doesn't. Um, but if NBA defenders and NBA athletes can just go under screens and just sit at the free throw line on him, that's going to negate a lot of what he's truly exceptional at. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the uh, outside shot. I, I, I probably, I'll be watching it closely in the beginning of the year, but I still think like he understands the strengths of his game. He's just got to get to the point where he can re- make the defense respect him. I don't think Scoot's ever going to be a guy that's like, okay, every time he's open from three, he's pulling it. Right. Um, right. You know, the, the funniest thing about this Metcalf is I read earlier his stats for the year, courtesy of Instat, and everyone probably heard 19% from three, and they were, like, rolling their eyes. Do you know what he shot his first seven games in the G League from three? Educate me. 6.3%. Not good. So, yeah. I mean, like, you could tell, okay, yeah, maybe a little bit of a (laughs) jump in trying to figure out the distance. But at that same time, he was averaging 17 a game on 47% shooting. Um, from the field, but 6% from three. He, literally, he made a uh, one three his second game and then had like six straight games or, or five straight games without a make. So um, I'm, I'm going to be fine with Scoot. Scoot's going to figure it out. I'm going to say that's a, a youth thing because I it, it didn't look like the form is that like, let's, you know, let's warn the public, you know, right. or, or warn the governor about like his outside shot. I think he's going to be fine. It's just going to be one of those can be a, a fantastic thing to monitor because you know he's been working all off season you know he yeah he knows what's ahead of him um what lies ahead of him so um i understand everyone that's you know ringing that scoot henderson number one on my future big board um siren because uh, yeah hey metcalf um a lot of people on draft twitter are very proud to say it right now and congratulations it's um you know about to be september and uh yeah. you you might be correct. You might be able to tell us the future. So, um, you know, let me know who wins MVP the next five years. <laughs> do that. Um, but I really, really like Scoop. I, I, I what would you, what do you think about the defense? Unless you got something else you want to talk about, because um, I, just, just I real quick on the, just real yeah, quick on the offense. Um, he didn't do it a ton, but it was a couple times a game where he would make some really nice cuts and. I think that's really important. And, you know, when we talk about Westbrook, that's something Westbrook has never been 
willing or able to do. And when you're a non-shooter, you have to at least cut every now and then. Um, there were a lot of times where he would be really stagnant and just kind of stationary off ball because I'm assuming that was literally the first time in his life where he didn't have the ball 90% of the time while he was on the court. So there is a big learning curve there, but every now and then there would be a really nice back cut that he would make. So I, I do think that there is a little bit more feasibility with him playing off ball. Um, obviously you still want him as your point guard, but in the flow of the offense, I think he will be able to kind of give it up and then do more than just stand there, um, which you know I think is really important. Definitely. I mean, if, you, if you're not shooting it well from outside, how else are you impacting the game? And I think that shows some maturity when you're a young guard of, you know, reading the floor, analyzing how to get open and um, how to find weaknesses and lapses in the defense. And um, those are important stuff. I mean, especially you got the athleticism and that quickness and um, I didn't get the chance to kind of rant on it earlier, but like his speed, not just getting from zero to a hundred. I think you said this, but not just getting from zero to a hundred. He has multiple turbo buttons yeah. that I think he understands when to use. That is very, very rare. Like that really was impressive to me. Cause I was like, man, he already knows like when to hit the afterburners and when to use like full power and 80% power. Like, not just change of gears, like just knowing your speed and knowing when it is the optimized time to use different levels of your speed. Cause that makes you just a absolute nightmare to, to, for defenders to try to figure you out. And um, I just, I was just blown away. I was very, very impressed. And one of those guys, I think both of these guys um, that we're going to talk about, like you just kept wanting to watch more film and like, I, I, yeah got prepared for this with the scoop film to talk with you. And I was like, I'm probably going to watch it after we record this. Like just very, very excited to see what he can do in another year. All right. So the defense, mm -hmm. if that's where it felt more like he was a 17 year old to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, you hit me with this. Cause you always ask me the questions that I, and I, I get to points where I swear I'm watching film now and I'm like, I'm really excited to hear what Metcalf thinks about this. And the defense is, is something that, um, my quick, my quick, you know, review was I watched and I was like, he's, he's 17. Like yeah. you just said, I was like, he's 17, but he's, I think he's, uh, he's battling and I know he's going to have some weaknesses, but I, I'm okay with the negative. So you, you break it down for me. What do you think? Yeah. And so the, there were definitely some lapses because, you know, he's playing in more, more sophisticated offenses and defenses and schemes and all that stuff. But I thought his footwork was really impressive. He obviously has the strength to not knock guys off their spots. Um, I thought his screen navigation was really impressive. Um, he just kind of slides off of screens and gets back and back into position and between the ball and the rim pretty easily. Uh, I thought his work rate was really high. And then he made some rotations that were really impressive. Um, it wasn't as consistent as you obviously want it to be, but the oh, effort. Gosh, I love that. I love that fucking play. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, For everyone just... that's listening, it was just him diving and caring. So um, yeah. go ahead, Metcalf. And then that's so much of it where he's reading the play. He's making that rotation. He's, you know, fighting through a screen. He's working to get back rim side and he's being disruptive with his footwork, with his hands, with his chest. I, I thought it was really impressive. He, I 
hate but love using this. He gave a shit. Yeah. He cared. I, and, and that's what I immediately when I was watching, like. And it'd be so easy for him not to. It'd be so easy. So easy. And immediately when I was watching, like, his first couple of games, I was like, he's making mistakes, but he's ca- he cares every possession. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's he's dialed in. He's given, like, a couple times he made some some bad plays, but it was like he was too physical. He was over you know, over anxious about trying to like front a guy or, or someone was trying to post him up. And he's like, you're not going to post me. And it was like a grab foul. And I was like, those are a 17 year old trying to prove his worth, trying to be a little anxious and get a steal. And I was like, that's fine. Those are fixable. Those are also just effort fouls where it's just like, okay, just tone down a little bit, but it's, it's competitiveness that you care. You're like I liked his feet were active. We saw a couple times on those clips. Like you, you saw his feet are active. He's moving. He's keeping his hands out. He's sliding. He's he's trying to be disruptive. And um, I think coaches love that because you can work yeah. with that. You yes. can improve that because someone's gonna. It's a guy that's gonna watch the film and be like, "All right, all right, I understand." And making those rotations. Um, we're not saying you know I'm not saying he's perfect on defense. There's plenty of no. times he's gonna have to figure stuff like. He had a couple steals where he picks guys' pockets, and I was like, "Okay, that he got lucky. You got lucky there. Yeah, like, you got really lucky there because if not, that was a blow by layup." Um, but it just shows you like he he has the explosiveness, and he's willing to also get after it defensively. A lot of times, you see guys like this with that offensive skill set. They might, you know, you don't have the two way potential package. He looks like he could be a, a really damn good basketball player and that's what we're talking about like a lot of people will think you could find these point guards everywhere and it's like you might not find this one everywhere <laughs> like you, your franchise might not have this opportunity to get this guy so um no i really really like scoot i think he's got a shot to to really quickly be you know i don't think it's a slam dunk that's like oh it's got to be victor i think scoot's got a really serious argument um to go first regardless of team need yeah and for me the 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 defense um you know the defensive impact already but then the defensive upside that he has that's what separates the two a lot for me and i i know big man or center defense is generally more important and victor shot blocking is super impressive but like we talked about in his episode he kind of gets exposed a lot in space and his fundamentals out there are really sloppy I didn't see any of that with Scoot. The the struggles that I saw with Scoot were someone learning these new schemes and adapting to the speed and physicality and how precise and exact he has to be with his rotations and decisions. With more reps, I think that improves. I completely agree. Um, you know, we're, we're saying this stuff, you know, it's about to be September, guys. Like, me and Metcalf are going to change our mind 15 times. Oh, God, but, yes. And this debate's going to be all year. But I'm saying what – I'm watching last year's film. This is the beautiful part about this with these guys is we get to talk about last year's film to get prepared for this year. And another crazy thing to realize is last year is last year. <laughs> this year, everything could change. Like Victor could come out and just be beasting and look yeah. way more comfortable and way more energetic, and I'll be like – Okay, yep. all right, there you go. There, that's why he's gonna be number one. And it, and but I like Scoot's. I like Scoot has less questions right now for me. 
than Victor did. And when I watched Victor's film, I had a lot of questions that I'm a little, you know, I'm not sleeping as good as I should when I'm trying to put until him in as number one. And Scoot watching his, I was like, man, this is just, oh, this is fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this is really fun because he's just, he's a dog. He's going to mm-hmm. be competing. And that's, I'm also a humongous, I have been my whole you know, his whole career as, or my whole career watching basketball is I love Westbrook. I loved watching Westbrook. I was always saying, screw it. I'll go to war with for Westbrook all the time because I love guys that just will say, I don't care as across me. I'm going to compete. And Scoot gives me that same vibes. So I'm going to be in some trouble this year. I got a real, you know, dilemma on my hands, Metcalf, but you're already putting Scoot at one, huh? All right. Yeah. And I, I, I think he's, more polished and ready to go from day one. And I, like you said, I have fewer questions about him and I still think he's just scratching the surface of what he could be overall. I think once he really slows the game down mentally and adapts fully adapts to the speed of play. um, And I'm not even talking about any shooting improvements yet, just that alone. um, I, I think that takes him into where into a spot where like the G League, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the G League Ignite or in the G League competition was just really boring for him next year because he's just way too good for it already. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of those guys that will always go to war for the G League because I think a lot of people still talk down about it. Yeah, I, like, I didn't mean it as an insult. No, to those no, no. Guys. I'm, I, yeah, I wasn't saying you. I'm just saying a lot of people will do it. Yeah. And uh, my point being, what he did last year at that age against the G league in the G league is way more remarkable than what people, a lot of people will realize. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I just kept watching. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really damn impressive. Um, so I'm agreeing with you. I could see, I could see him coming out this year and kicking the shit out of everyone in the G league. And it, and it could be boring. And um, I don't know, maybe, Maybe he gets some load management. Who knows if he's, you know, just completely going on a tear. But really fun, Metcalf. I mean, I mean, I, I was, I was excited to do this film dive and talk to to you about it because I hadn't done the deep dive yet, the preseason deep dive. And man, was I happy that we did that. You know, after watching the film. Got well, anything so else? I, I I do not. Do you? No. I I mean. I, I, I'm going to try to save it because I feel like we're going to talk about him all year. I'm going to be like, Hey, yeah. Metcalf, I haven't talked about him in like a week and a half. Can we get another <laughs> scoot? So, um, but I mean, really, really liked him. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, you know, if I had Victor one, a, I think scoot might be one B right now. Well, and someone else who is rapidly rising up boards and is a tremendous amount of fun to watch is Cam Whitmore. 6'7", 232-pound forward going to Villanova. What makes you so excited about Whitmore? I love Whitmore. I am just drooling over Whitmore. I mean, um, for everyone that listened to one of our previous episodes, you know, I was foaming up the mouth about Jairus Walker, but oh my gosh, do I love me some Cam Whitmore. I, I watched like it was like the McDonald's or whatever, those games. And I was just like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> and um, 
was like, that's Cam Whitmore. I was like, my goodness, I am in already. And then I was like, oh, he's going to Villanova. And then I was like, yeah. okay, thanks a lot, G. You're right for leaving. Um, <laughs> but I just watch him and – you know, we've talked in previous episodes about like finding guys that pop in the preseason, finding guys that get you excited. And that dude gets me very excited to watch some college basketball next year because it's just this wing with size, nastiness. He's just a, it's a freight train of terror coming down the lane. He just does some stuff above the rim that's really impressive. And I'm like, Okay, so he's going to be this athletic freak, big-bodied guy that just has to dunk all the time. And then I'm, I've seen his shot improve, Metcalf, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it because I think it's on the right way. I don't think it's 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 still still got some work to do, but just the power um, yeah. he has, and I don't, I think it's nastiness, not just with his dunks. I think he's got that just mindset of just trying to destroy people and i have a weakness for that and i've heard him in interviews i've heard him talk and i was just like oh man this dude just might be <laughs> might just be a nasty kid like that's and i like that he's gonna nova he's gonna um they're gonna have a good nice little squad some good pieces some good talent i think armstrong's going there too but you know i i, I just very very intrigued um the more i watch him the more i think there's some really really good foundational skills and for everyone watching on youtube that was uh metcalf <laughs> laughing because he does some stuff every game metcalf that i swear like i'm literally like peeing my pants laughing. i'm like oh my gosh like get the children out of the room they can't watch this stuff like um it, for everyone listening it was just like a a floater in the lane out of control and then Right as it's going off the backboard and rim, he just goes up, grabs the tip dunk, one-handed, slams it down. And I was like, okay. I literally um, – he's just really fun. And I don't think it's just one of these guys like, oh, he just dunks everything. I think there's a lot of versatility that I'm intrigued to to see develop. Why are you not high on him? Because you sent me a text whoa, and I whoa, was whoa, like – Whoa, whoa, You sent me a text <laughs> and I was like, whoa, Metcalf, what's going on? You're going to break my heart. No, I, I I said that I really like him, but I'm not completely sold. There, there why? Are... Why? So, <laughs> why do you hurt me? I feel like uh, Rose so, so... on the board of Titanic after it sank, and I just had to let you fall into the abyss. I could have been ocean. <laughs> <laughs> let me on. Um, so, so can, can I talk about the fun stuff first, or, or do I have to go straight into the pessimism? Um, we can talk about the fun stuff first. Everyone likes to, you know. Give me the dessert first, as The Rock says in Fast and Furious. Um, yeah, I, the, the, it's just raw power. And, yeah. And like he, he goes to the rim with an intent to hurt someone or break the glass <laughs> or just pop the ball or just do something destructive every time. And he he's one of the most explosive players in the country this year. Um like that, that play I was giggling at his second jump. He was off the ground before the first, before the defenders landed. <laughs> it's like, true. There was, was a bad floater that like creamed way off this, creamed way off the side of the rim. And he's his second jump is taking him across the lane, and he's just tomahawking it on the tip dunk. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> but then, he, even when there's a shot blocker there, he has this incredible body control to contort himself and you know do like a windmill reverse layup 
you know, that's soft off the glass as he flies into the first row. It's like, these aren't the same person. Like this, the same human being should not be able to do these two different things that are so drastically different. And it, that, that really gets me excited about his interior scoring because like you said, um, it's not just based on athleticism when he's attacking the rim. Obviously the athleticism is a huge factor, um, and plays a huge part in his success, but he's going to be facing guys who are as strong and as powerful and as explosive as him. And he, to already kind of have those counters where he can finish with touch at different angles, it's so important for the long-term for him. Yeah, I mean, the the part I'm so excited about is, um, yeah, when he has an open lane. <laughs> this is what I was thinking about. Okay, so, like, I'm not saying he's this athlete, but you know when you had that feeling of, like, when Vince Carter had a runway and you were just like, oh, gosh. like I'll do something cool. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 he has that same vibe of, like, just – dunking with just power and anger and nastiness and like that's when vince was like in toronto and just had that like every time he had a lane you're like oh shit and i had that watching him but then the most impressive thing is um and and you're hitting at it when you see a guy like that that can just dunk all the time in the high school level even when young in college they usually don't have the rest of like the, the tools kind of developing. And you see like, he'll have that, like that light up of like, Oh, I'm attacking. And then someone closes hard, but he has the ability to counter it and kind of Mm -hmm. like be creative with this footwork and, and recognition. And that's what gets me really, really excited. Um, Like you're saying, like, I, I, I just, there's a really good foundation of a lot of stuff. There's some stuff that needs some work, but there's, a really, really good foundation. And I like that he's going to Nova. Like we talked yes. about Jairus Walker going to Houston and how excited that, you know, that marriage could be, if you want to put it that way, the Nova fit for Whitmore could be so outstanding. And um, I, <laughs> I'm going to just say it. I think he's got, he plays like he's an asshole. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good Yes. Like that's an outstanding thing. You know how we always talk like, I wish this guy would just dunk all the time. I think Whitmore watched a lot of guys as a young kid. who's like, why doesn't he just dunk everything? And now <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to do it. But um, no, being serious, I just, I, I think Nova is going to be very exciting because yeah. of him. I think you're going to have to watch as much Villanova basketball as you can this year, because I think he's got a shot to really be like a, a top five guy. Now some things are going to fall in place, but he's the, the I, I can barely contain myself. Take over Metcalf. I, I'm about to black out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. So so I, I softened the blow. Now I'll be a, a little bit of a downer. So why yeah. I'm just a little hesitant on him is that um, I'll start with the offense. Okay. It, it feels like he just needs to refine some of his skills a little bit more. It felt like he turned the ball over a lot where yeah. some of like, like some of his dribble attacks – are really impressive where he'll go between the legs, cross over, spin back and, you know, finish with a huge dunk. It's like, Holy crap. And then the next guy or the next possession down, he'll just fumble over the ball and, or just get it, you know, poked away with like a really weak dig attempt by a help defender. Um, And it's like, like if you're going to be this kind of scoring forward, this point forward who slashes from the perimeter all the time, that, that can't happen. That has to be so much tighter. Um, So, you know, that's where Villanova comes into play because I think everyone who goes there, their fundamentals improve. Um, Obviously it's a new coaching staff. So who knows? It'll be a new experience, 
uh, for all of us, but I still think the kind of the soul of that program is still there and like what they value, I think is still going to be there. So I, I think that's going to be a really good spot for him to improve on that and improve on some of his decision-making with his passing. Um, there are some passes that were like, Oh yes. Um, and then others where he's hit making an outlet pass and it's landing out of bounds. It's like, what was, what the fuck was that? Um, so offensively, that's kind of my concerns. The shot, let's talk about the shot, because you said you like it. I don't know what to do with it. Um, sometimes it looks really good. Other times it doesn't. There's just something about his form that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he kind of has like a narrow base. Uh, there are some jumpers where it looks like he's jumping almost exclusively off his left leg. They're like the arc on some of his shots is super high, but then like you just saw, like it falls through, you know, through the net soft as a feather. So I, I don't know what it is about his shot, but just something in it feels off. Yeah. So the, the, the fascinating thing, and I guess we should have said this for, you know, going into this, but um, I'm trying to get all the numbers up for him. So Whit- so Whitmore was really making some buzz with his high school play. And then he really, um, he was playing for U18s this summer. Really? Like, yeah, you watch was... that film, you're going to be like, this, why is this dude not the number one pick? But, you know, um, competition. They, I mean, they were beating everyone by 40 points. So yeah. the thing with watching those games and then watching his EYBL and, like, you know, high school, if you want to put it that way, the the shot looks already like way different to me. Um, you can tell me if I'm wrong. It just looks quicker. Like he's been mm-hmm. working on yeah. that. Um, when I went, it was funny because I I kind of did like reverse order. Like I went back and I was watching like I'd been watching the U18s, and then I went back and watched mm-hmm. um, high school and UIBL stuff. And I was like, whoa, the shot is way slower back then. And and like yeah. you're saying, it looked kind of like a slow loading, a little bit robotic. And then I watched him um, with U18, and it looks like he's definitely been putting in work, which not surprising. If you're watching him on the court, he looks like he's just right. a guy that probably takes the game serious. So um, I'm like you. I had a lot of more questions watching the high school. I was like, okay, so this is where we were coming from. But um, I, I'm just going off of my opinion. I believe that it's something that's been worked on that's probably still – being developed and groomed and repetition because it did look a little bit faster with um, his play in the U or U18. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking at stats like in six games for, um, for the USA, he averaged 18.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, 1.5 assists, one steal a game shooting numbers. These are pretty good Metcalf uh, 62, 45, 71. And then uh, his EYBL stuff was 17.8 points, eight rebounds, two assists, 2.3 steals. Shooting splits were 49-22 and um, 48, which will obviously raise some concerns. But um, it it just definitely looks like, to me, if if he's going to be the type of player – the type of prospect that I think he can be, which I think he could be a top three pick. Um, that shot's going to have to be rolling this year. Like he's got, he's got to show that like, okay, he could, 
this looks like a guy that could become a wing who can space the floor and shoot around 40% um, in his NBA career. But, you know, I might be optimistic. It just looks like it's it's got the potential to get there. But I like him going to Nova, like you said. Yeah, I, I, I'm not out on the shot. I'm just, I'm confused by it. And I just kind of right. need to see it. It's just one of those things where it's like, ju- just show me it. And if, if it's 35% next year, that cool. Right. Like, and are are you confident going into it? Awesome. Because that that was one of my, you know, kind of concerns that during the U18 film was that he was kind of hesitant to shoot. And then when he was hesitant and would, you know, guys sagging off him like six feet and he's looking to make the extra pass and there isn't one. And then he reluctantly shoots. It's like clangs off the side of the rim. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's what happens. But then when you just step into it and take it, you drain it. So it's like, okay, have a little bit of confidence in it because – the release is quicker. It's, you know, less mechanical. There's less load up. It's a little smoother. So just be confident in the work that you've been putting in and trust the results. And when he did that, the results are good. So I just kind of need to see it at the next level. Um, I think Villanova, like I said about the fundamentals, I think that's going to be a really good spot for him to, test it and to use it and to show whether or not it's a legitimate weapon for him or not. Um, The other side of the ball with his defense, I think Villanova is going to be really important again, because I generally liked his defense, but it was similar to the offense where it felt like the fundamentals were lacking, where he relied so much on his athleticism and he could because he's the best athlete on the floor when he's out there. So that alone cleans up any footwork errors, any, you know, being a step late on a rotation. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff where he was just kind of ball watching and like two or three steps farther away from his man where he should have been. And he still had the burst and the length and the athleticism to kind of rotate and then make it or make this deal. So I, I like him as a defensive playmaker. I think he has a lot of defensive versatility, but going to Nova and really understanding those rotations and the timing and how to move his feet and communicate. I think that's going to be really important for him. Yeah. And, and, and for everyone listening, like we're, you know, our, our boy Corey at, at no ceilings has great stuff throughout the year about stocks and what players stocks are going up and down and in the stock rankings. And we're talking about futures right now. Yeah. We're talking about guys like there's going to be guys me and Metcalf are talking about for the next week or two. That was really- that was an absurd block. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about guys, and someone's gonna have a bad year. Someone's gonna slip down yeah. the boards, and we're gonna look back and be like, "Yeah, remember that episode where he said he could go fifth, and he's you know going thirty fourth? It happens mm-hmm. because we're we're talking about high school players and saying if everything falls into place, he could be up here. If everything goes great. He could he could be skyrocketing up boards. Not everything's gonna happen like we we're hoping and dreaming." But Whitmore has the, that's what I'm saying, like the foundation. He's showing these these flashes, and, and they're more than flashes probably, but like now you just need it to be more consistent. Yeah, The fundamentals on both sides, I agree with you. He needs some, some work with his footwork offensively um, because it's already impressive. It's just if he could get even better, right, right. it's going to be outstanding. And then defensively, I'm right there with you. I think he can get by on athleticism. And we've talked about that a lot is when you're that athletic in high school, you're going to think, Hey, I can always make up for it with my speed and stuff. And you're going to find out quickly, you know, even playing at Nova, 
um, in practices, they're going to tell you, no, you're going to get picked apart quick. You better, you got to be strong up here, not just with your athleticism and dunking on everyone because um, even, you know, I know Jay Wright's gone, but even a school like Nova, they don't care if you can just dunk everything. You right. got to play team basketball. You got to make the right reads. You got to be rotating and, and helping everybody out. So that's why I'm so excited to see him go there and uh, just really like him. He he tries to destroy people with dunks. I mean, yeah. I, how can I not like him? And and I just think there's a lot of upside. Yes. And it's not just as an attacking slasher. I think there is multi-level scoring upside that becomes a, a really damn good basketball player. So so when you mentioned multi-level scoring, what encourages you about that? Because right now I kind of only see someone who can slash and finish at the rim however the fuck he wants and then occasionally knock down like a catch and shoot three so do you see more pull-up threes more mid-range stuff because i i didn't see much of any of that from him i think that's that's holding him back from potentially like if he's going to be a top three pick like i'm saying um if he could get up there he's gonna have to demonstrate that he's gotta have to find the in-between game because like he he will light up to try to dunk on everything he can. And then he has that creativity around the basket that we're talking about to like react to a closing Mm -hmm. line of defense and, you know, switch his body, like alter his body. And then the, the three point shot I think is coming along. Now you got to get everything else in between. Now it, it could take a while, but I still think like with some of the footwork flashes he's shown, he's, he looks like he has a good first step. Um, but he's got to figure out how to kind of find that mid range game where he could get a little bit of a pull up and stuff like that. But I'm just, I'm just intrigued. Cause I, I, when I'm watching high school guys, I'm looking for like, where's the foundational pieces that you can keep chipping away to kind of own in on that versatility. And I think he's, he attacks with vicious intentions. He can finish with power and it looks like the outside shot now is developing. If it, everything is still brewing, maybe this mid-range game, maybe the mid like in-between game is mm-hmm. now the next step to unlock. Because I just like what you pointed out about his handle was something that really like I was not expecting. Like he had a couple dribble sequences. I was like, my goodness, you yeah. got that already with this size? Like you can do that. And yes, he gets errant and has some turnovers, but just showcasing that you have that. It was so impressive. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, all right. Like if this is, this is loading, all of this could really come together and really make a monster. But I hear you, Metcalf. I, I understand every hesitation you, you might have about it. He might be more of a guy that looks like he's going towards the top 10, but I think there's also just a, a world where he could skyrocket. So you mentioned him earlier, and we were both effusive with our praise about Jarius Walker in our previous episode. Between the two right now. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Between the two, who who do you prefer? Or or are they so different that it's not even kind of worth comparing? It's it's a different type of love. Like, I'm not just trying to say, like, I love both of them. Um, so I feel like I saw 
a mock just the other day. I was just like, you know, I'll just see where everyone's got people. So I, I feel like I saw a mock of having Jairus Walker like 17th. And I was like, oh, I hate that. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a world where I will have both Whitmore and Jairus in my top six of my way too early. This is crazy preseason big board. Um, but Jairus is, I think, the playmaking point forward type that's really physical plays with his hair on fire and i think whitmore's the potential offensive upside i'm gonna you know dunk on you and send you into a, a another dimension like he just tries to rip the rim down every time he goes but i think there's more versatility with them i just love both players i think the upside for 23 for the draft with both of them i think they could skyrocket yeah. like everyone's talking about victor everyone's talking about scoot us included. I think those are the next guys that really could get up there. Nick Smith, we're going to talk about one episode, but I think Whitmore and Jairus Walker are two two guys that I think NBA teams are going to be really damn excited about when all things are said and done. What about you? Um, For me right now, it's Walker. I, I, I think he's just a little more skilled. I think the playmaking is a little, little more refined. Um, I think the defense is a little more consistent, but I, I definitely understand what you're saying with the upside of Whitmore. And I, I, I know I'm questioning uh, Whitmore right now, but I, I, I still love him. I like I, he's easily lottery, probably top 10 for me right now. So it's not like I'm out on the kid or don't think he can improve in any of these areas. I just think there are some really important areas for him to improve that could, that will change his impact with an NBA team from, rotation role player to like legit awesome you know top five guy on a contender for sure yeah and and if he does make those improvements then we're talking about a guy who has you know potentially all-star capabilities and let's say hypothetically both of them take huge strides in all the you know improvement areas we've been talking about in the last couple episodes with especially these two guys like and say they have a perfect year and they're both going top five come next year's draft. I could see them going in different orders because their skill sets mm-hmm. are different. Where it's like yeah. if the team has a good playmaking backcourt, I think they could prefer Whitmore because they might be like, we need some nastiness. We need some some just power inside. We need someone who could potentially space the floor, um, become a good shooter. Maybe they prefer Whitmore. If some team's like, we need a you need a guy who could just do a little bit of everything, who makes great reads, who stands out on both sides of the ball. They might love Walker. Now, everyone needs to remember, it's about to be September. We're talking very, very early this year. So let's, you know, come after me and Metcalf when it's like April and March and all that stuff when we're saying this stuff. Right now, we're just, we like to have fun. All right. Well, it, it, it is time to update the most exclusive club. You love in the basketball world. I do. I do. I love it so much. The green, the, the no ceilings green room. So currently in uh, Victor Wembanyama, Derek Whitehead, Juris Walker, Scoot Henderson in or out. Scoot's in pretty easily. Um, He might be partying with the DJ. Shout out to Derek Whitehead. I hated that you're um, going through that surgery. That sounds like he's going to be back in the fall. Very much sucks, but I'm not changing where I have him on my big board. Nope. And um, that stuff will get released at a later time. But uh, no, Scoot's in pretty easily for me. What about you? 
yeah, I, I, I think he's kind of in the same boat with Victor where he has a whole section roped off with his entire entourage and family and friends, and they are kind of running the club right now. Yeah, I think Scoot during the 2022 green room, I think Scoot tried to get in and the bouncer was like, come back in two months. Like, <laughs> I know this is a fake. Just come back in two months when it's your birthday and you can come in anytime you want. So um, now he's in there and he's a regular. All right. What about Whitmore? Yeah, he's in for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't even try it. Don't even try it. This isn't too early to have arguments about the green room. So I think Whitmore's in. Um so defensive already. No, well, I'm look just at really, you. Look at you getting I, feisty. I'm just, I've watched him and I, I've, I'm gonna be shocked. I don't know. I got weird vibes about Whitmore. I got like uh, very, very early, but I have the, the Keegan Murray, uh, I'm about to fall in love with another prospect vibes about Mr. Whitmore, but it's very early. I haven't watched everyone yet. Um, just trying to you know trying to get my fix <laughs> i have a problem it's called the draft <laughs> okay uh, well, he well in for you yeah yeah he's in so okay. so so settle down put, yeah put, don't put don't the claws away put don't the test claws away. <laughs> all right rocker you got anything else no i just want to say i love everyone that's all this is a blast. i want to say i love you guys um i'm excited that we're already getting the gear is rolling. I'm excited for the next month when we got the announcements rolling out and for all the uh, degenerates that have been listening to all these episodes and the quote off season. Gosh, we love you guys. You're family. You're just the best. You're just the best. Um, what else? You got anything else? Anything, any f- funny stuff or stuff so. that we think's funny? Yeah, that, that, that's a very important distinction. Um, Pretty angry about chat. Um, yeah, not, not thrilled. I know Thunder fans have been depressed, but I feel like I've just been kind of sitting in a room listening to I Just Died in Your Arms tonight, like in the, my fiance hasn't noticed, but I feel like I just come out at like three in the morning and start listening to that and just like crying uncontrollably about <laughs> Chet not playing this year. Um, so stupid. Just so stupid. Um, but that's what he gets for being so skinny, you know, that's. Yeah, no, I you know, fuck it. I'm gonna go on a quick low rant. Yes. If, you're one, if, if, you're, if you're one of these douchebags who's out there being like, eh, I fucking told you so, he can't hold up. Fuck you. If you're rooting for fucking injuries and celebrating when guys get hurt, you suck. That's not what this is about. Like, and also being skinny doesn't cause foot injuries, you dumb shits. That's not what it is. He was on a there's a Luke injury where he misstepped going in transition on a wet floor and got hurt. It happens. For fuck's it's, sake. The, uh, are we going to get canceled because of your, of your rant by skinny haters? No, 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 no. Hey, be, be I'll, I'll serious. Just out half of it. No, that was a good <laughs> rant and everyone needed to hear that. And I don't have any time for people that were like, Oh, it's because he's skinny. Um, if he was fat, feel, that would make sense. Feel like him, him be light does not cause increase foot injury. I, I just. I feel like an employee at a uh, at a major company um, had a tweet out about it, and uh, I'm not usually a guy that tries to go after people for saying stuff on the internet, but I was very close, 
Very close there. Very yeah, close. I, I think I know who you're talking about. And, and you do. It, it, you it, do. It, seems, it seems like the rest of the world had you covered on that. <laughs> yeah, one day one day I'm gonna I'm just gonna lose it. And I I I pity whoever gets the other side of that. Um I, it sucks. It really does suck. The problem is, is everyone, I myself included, I, t- I tweeted something and I was talking about like, well, those next CBA talks are going to be interesting because I think teams are going to get to a point where they're like, hey, it's the off season. We don't want to worry about you getting hurt and stuff and playing in pickup games. And I understand that, but here's the reality. If Chet wasn't playing for the Pro-Am in Seattle, he could have done this in the open gym a week yeah. later with Giddy and his teammates. Like it just sucks. It was just poor timing. Um, it's nobody's fault except LeBron. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but it sucks. And, and I'm hey, Chet's a Chet's a dog. He's gonna work his ass off. He's gonna OKC's okay, gonna take their time. They're, he's still gonna be a damn, damn, damn good basketball player with a very, yes. very long career. And I'm excited to see him come back. And um, just a bummer. Just a bummer. But uh, also, randomly, I, I want to finish on this note. This is for my Houston Rockets fans out there. Why does no one believe in Jabari Smith anymore? Have you like seen this lately? Yeah. I, What's going on? I, I was I, like, I, I still think he's <laughs> very good at basketball. I was like, What's going? What did I miss? Like, I was like, did he like come out and say like the Notebook's a terrible movie? Like, why does no one like Jabari Smith anymore? I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Rockets fan this year. I thought those jerseys were kind of dope, but that's all I got, Metcalf. I um, just wanted to give my, you know, my tribute to Chet. I'm excited for betting him next year to win Rookie of the Year compared to Victor. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's all I got, man. The year of the thin man, you know. Yeah, there we go. It'll be next year. Um, <laughs> Metcalf, boy, they can find you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm at noceilingsnba.com. In case you guys don't know, you should subscribe. It's free. And the floodgates are going to open up soon. So keep an eye on the near horizon because once they open, boy, we've got a lot of goodies planned. And it is going to be a train out of hell. So um, thank you guys all for your support. We've been working really hard behind the scenes, and I'm excited for everything. And um please subscribe to YouTube because we're going to have some film breakdowns this year. I think Metcalf and I are going to even do some stuff. So uh, Metcalf, you, you, you take over. This has just been a real treat. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. And you can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's hundred percent free. Just click that subscribe button to ensure that you never miss anything we write. It gets delivered directly to your inbox the second we publish it. You can also follow us on Twitter at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV, where you can watch this podcast um, and a lot of really cool breakdowns and segments and stuff that we're planning on uh, next year. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.